You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dan Feldman here. Welcome to Locked On Pistons. You can follow us on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Well, the Pistons were coming off sort of a little trouble spot, losing to the Nets. Just a real low-effort game, especially from Andre Drummond. Stan Van Gundy called out Drummond after the game, and he really did it in the game, too. Van Gundy benched Drummond for the final 16-plus minutes of the game. The Pistons made a little bit of a comeback without Drummond. I thought I thought they missed Drummond on the court, could have used him, uh, but Van Gundy was trying to send a message. I think this was about more than just what gave the Pistons the best chance to win that one night in Brooklyn. This was about... Uh, attitude and culture and environment and those more important things. And the Pistons and especially Andre Drummond delivered against the Nuggets on Saturday. The Pistons defense was awesome to start the game. Uh, Van Gundy went as far to say it might have been the best he'd seen the Pistons defend while he's there. Uh, He said it was definitely the best so far this season. Tend to agree with that. As far as a stretch, you know, a quarter or slightly more than that, Uh, is the best defense during his tenure. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it was very good. The Pistons sent a message uh, that that they can respond. That's not ideal, ideal. Ideally, you don't have to respond to a low-energy game and prove that about yourselves. Uh, Ideally, you're always competing. But they did seem to take Van Gundy's unhappiness to heart. Uh, And that really starts with Andre Drummond, who admitted he was not himself uh, against Brooklyn or even a game before that. Uh, And he really talked up that, you know, when he's not the top scorer, he still needs to play hard. When things aren't going his way, he still needs to play hard uh, and help his teammates because he is still capable of impacting the game. Even against the Nets, he was still impacting the game in some positive ways because he's so good. He's big. He's fast. Uh, He's getting more talented with the ball in his hands. He can do a lot of things. So when he's coasting, he can still be a good player, except that's just going to enrage his coach. So he needs to do a little more than than coast on his off nights. Uh, He needs to put out that effort, and he's embracing that. Like He didn't push back against Van Gundy's very harsh public comments that if you know anything about Van Gundy, you have to believe that uh, Van Gundy said the exact same things, if not harsher, in private to Drummond. He's not going to put somebody on blast only in public. That's just not how he operates. It's it's very often a very consistent message. Sometimes I wonder if there's a little bit more direct behind the scenes, uh, but he never airs the other way. He does not go through the media to motivate players in a way he's not willing to do to a player's face, and not only not willing to, but does. Uh, so his message is always very consistent, and Drummond has not rebelled against that at all. Uh, there were People justifiably concerned about how Drummond approached that game against the Nets. And then that also carried over. I thought a little, you know, it's okay to wonder. It was okay to be curious about it, but I wasn't going to assume anything uh, about how Drummond would heed Van Gundy's advice. Uh, but look at the proof is in the pudding. Drummond had 19 and 20. He was very good defensively doing all the things he needed to do. It gave the Pistons a a fairly easy win against the Nuggets, a pretty good Nuggets team. I tried to warn you about them on our podcast Friday that the Pistons couldn't look past them. Uh, And then after the Pistons had a nice showing against them, the Nuggets beat the Celtics. 
and the Pistons will see the Nuggets again on this this four game road trip that the Pistons have coming up, and and this is going to be the next test. They answered this test against the Nuggets, but it was a home game with a couple days rest, coming off a performance that you would hope would motivate the team. Uh, so that's nice to see, but. The next test is coming up in this four-game road trip at the Clippers, at the Suns, at the Spurs, and at the Nuggets. None of those games will be easy just by the virtue of, of being on the road. The Clippers and Spurs are among the league's best teams. Again, I really think the Nuggets are pretty good. And the Suns, you know, can be a little feisty, and playing there is not going to be ideal. Uh, so the real test for the Pistons, you know, I think 2-2 I think two and two on this road trip would be good. I think Pistons fans should be happy with two and two. You know, if if you lose to the Spurs and lose to the Clippers and then beat the two other, I do think the Pistons are better than the Nuggets and better than the Suns, but just the fact that they are road games can swing things. And not that the Pistons are incapable of upsetting the Clippers or Spurs, but that'll be an uphill battle. Uh, So I would be happy with two and two and, and even one and three, would, which would not be ideal, but it would at least prove something that the Pistons can win on the road. They're 4-0 at home and 0-2 on the road. Now, that's obviously a very small sample size, and there's some other things going on there. Uh, the best team the Pistons have played so far this season is the Raptors. That was a road game. The Pistons have had one back-to-back this season. That was the road game against the Nets. Uh, so there are some other things going on there. This road trip has only one back-to-back. That's the final game. I guess the final two at San Antonio on Friday, then at Denver on Saturday. The game against the Nuggets is going to be tough. It's going to be grueling. The last game on a road trip, playing at altitude on a back-to-back. See what the point spread is on that if you're the betting type. If the Pistons you know, have a, a better record and are coming in as a few-point favorite, like that's, that's the type of game to, to jump all over because they're going to be tired. Do they have the tenacity to grind out? Do they want to? You know, we'll see. These are going to be other tests on this road trip. We are going to learn a lot more about this team. You know, we're we're steadily learning something, but but four wins against lesser opponents at home and then two road losses, like it's not quite as good as holding serve because I did think they should have or the better team than the Nets. And even on the second game of the back-to-back, that was not one where that that felt like an atypical result. And there's going to be those over 82 games, uh, but that was an atypical result in the negative for the Pistons. So we are going to learn, I think, a substantial amount more in this road trip. One player we've already learned more about is Stanley Johnson. He went 5 for 7 for 12 points against the Nuggets, which was a very necessary, nice offensive performance after. He was 2 for 16 to start the year. Not a lot of attempts, way fewer makes. It was pretty disheartening to watch him play. He just looked so out of sorts that he was overthinking at times, underthinking at others. Nothing was coming easy. Like Everything just seemed to be such a challenge for him of trying to find his place in the offense. And I don't think Stan Van Gundy did him any favors. He was honest with the player, but... Well, Van Gundy's message had been, okay, you're used to being the leading scorer, but but you got to focus on some other things, play a different way. And that's hard for Stanley Johnson. That's not the role he's played throughout high school. That's not the role he played at Arizona. And even at times last year, uh, it was sort of surprising how much the Pistons entrusted him 
to have the ball in his hands. And it didn't usually go well, but at least he was somewhat decisive, looked comfortable with it, even if the results weren't great. Uh, this year, he's just been more apprehensive. Uh, and the the buzz after this game against the Nuggets has really become, oh, well, Stan, Stanley Johnson's back on track. And I'm going to say the same thing I said when Andre Drummond was shooting 50% on free throws through the first few games. It's not enough. It's not enough to convince me that Stanley Johnson is back on track. It convinces me that he is not hopeless, but I think we already knew that. It convinces me that he can be good when he's playing well, but I think we already knew that. It convinces me he's an up-and-down player, but I think we already knew that. I don't see this as a corner turned until he does more. He, he was crummy all season, and he had one good game. That doesn't erase the rest. It all needs to come together. Hopefully, he continues to play well. That'd be very good for the Pistons and give them uh, another weapon off their bench. But no, one game is not enough to to assume he has, he has turned it around. It is a step. It's all he could have done in that one game. He answered every question he could have in one game, but it was going to be impossible for him to turn it around in that one game. Uh, I did think it was interesting, by the way, about Stanley Johnson. Uh, Stan Van Gundy compared him to Jimmy Butler, as Jimmy Butler was a player who, when he first came into the league, was you know, focused on defense, defended really hard, got himself on the court because of that, and then really worked on rounding out his offensive game. I think the problem with that comparison, though, uh, where there's some elements that could work there, the problem with that is Jimmy Butler came into the league just being used to being more of a limited offensive player. Even in college, you know, this he was not a guy who had the ball in his hands as much as Stanley Johnson did at, at younger ages. And so Jimmy Butler has made an incredible ascension as somebody who went from a limited 3 and D player to a go-to scorer type. He can run the pick and roll. He can set up his teammates. You can put the ball in his hands and have him direct the offense uh, in a way that just was unfathomable when he came to the league. And he did develop those skills because his defense came first and that got him minutes and that allowed him leeway to be on the court and feel things out offensively. But he really had to work himself first into being an NBA level three and D player. And then he could take this amazing next step on top of it offensively. Where Stanley Johnson, I don't think it's going to be as smooth an ascent to being a three and D player first because he's just not used to that role. Where Jimmy Butler was used to that role, just had to convert to be able to do it on an NBA level. Uh, so I do think it's going to be a little rougher for Stanley Johnson uh, because not only does he have to get his skills up to more consistently NBA rotation caliber, he also, because they are not go-to player caliber or anywhere near it, he also has to adjust how he's used to playing, where, where Jimmy Butler didn't have to make that adjustment to that degree. It was more just a much more logical progression for Jimmy Butler uh, so I do think it's going to be a little harder for Stanley Johnson, but he's young, athletic, a lot of raw talent. There's a lot to work with. There are going to be stretches where he looks very good, like he did Saturday against the Nuggets. Uh, there are going to be other rough stretches. The key is minimizing the number and depth of the, the rough stretches and maximizing the number and height of the positive stretches. So we'll see how that plays out. One game does not change his 
trajectory necessarily, uh, but it does give him a chance to to get on the right track. Uh, the other interesting thing that come out of the Nuggets game, John Lure had a real nice game scoring, and Stan Vigoni has talked about wanting to get Lure more shots. So I do think we will we will see that. That's something I'll keep a closer eye on. Not that it's a number of shots or counting the shots, uh, but it's more about making sure he shoots when he's in rhythm. And it's sort of the opposite problem of Stanley Johnson sometimes. Although this year, maybe Stanley Johnson has been too hesitant. The Stanley Johnson's big problem is he's in his own head and there's a lot going on. And it's coming very fast at him and it's tough. It is tough for somebody his age. It's okay. Doesn't mean he won't get it. He's like I said, he's young. Where John Lure, it's a little bit different. Where, as Stan Van Gundy put it, John Lure is the rare player who is better than he thinks he is. That's definitely not Stanley Johnson's problem right now. John Lure is the opposite. He he is better than he thinks he is. So he needs to be a little more confident shot sometimes. And you know, Van Gundy brought that up, and so it'll definitely be something I keep a closer eye on as the Pistons go on this West Coast road trip and beyond. And then lastly, uh, Reggie Jackson was set to resume basketball activities today, Monday. And so hopefully that is a sign. It seems to be a sign that everything's on track, that he'll be back soon. Ish Smith has been all right as the Pistons starting point guard. Bano Udre has been all right as the Pistons backup point guard. Uh, but if Reggie Jackson comes back and is healthy and everybody can be bumped down to tier Ish Smith back to backup, Ben Udre back to third point guard out of the rotation usually, I think that would serve the Pistons very well. Uh, and as long as they're, they're holding serve now, which they have been, they're 4-2, and two, as long as they're holding serve enough, uh, they'll be okay. But we might look at the end of this road trip like, they are not holding serve anymore. It's going to be a real challenge and looking forward to see how they do, see where they're at, how badly they need Reggie Jackson. They can use him. There's no question about that. He makes them better. But how badly they need him, yeah, I think uh, the closer he gets, that's going to be the question hanging over the team, and especially as the, the schedule gets a little tougher here. So we'll have an eye on all of it. We're around here at Locked On Pistons every day, Monday through Friday. You can follow on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Thanks for listening. Napa know It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17